So the homily this morning on the gospel text speaks of the kingdom of heaven. When the king settles his accounts, as the Lord will settle our accounts, we find that he forgives all. The 10,000 talents that were forgiven by the first servant is three lifetimes worth of wages. So he had no way to pay it back. Three lifetimes worth of wages. But the king forgave. He forgave more than was asked because the servant said, be patient with me and I will pay you everything. And he said, no, your debt is forgiven. So we can't even pay back to God what, what he does for us in, in forgiveness. God has pity on us and forgives all. In our repentance, he forgives all things. But the fellow servant uh, who he demanded payment from, but was a fraction of what he owed the master, not listening to his pleas as the king did to his pleas. The king finds out this ungrateful and wicked and uncompassionate act of his servant, and he reestablishes the debt. Our sins against God, beloved, are far outnumber the sins committed against us. We should not be like this ungrateful servant and pull back and not forgive others that have offended us. Our Heavenly Father forgives us, so we too are asked to forgive others. If not, he tells us we will not be forgiven. So I think there's a couple things we can look at in this text that will help us. One is that God forgives us first by his loving sacrifice. This should begin to allow us to, to gain such gratitude for what God has done for us and compassion for other people. His mercy is the source of all that he has done for us. The trial, the spitting, the scourging, the reviling, the cross, the nails, the spear, the death, the burial, all for our salvation. Take, eat, this is my body broken for you. Drink of this, all of you. This is my blood shed for you and for many for the remission of your sins. This is our God. This is the, our gratitude should be should soar with what he has done for us. Not only that, but he's given us the sacrament of baptism so we could be united to him. Sealed in the Holy Spirit and communing of the, the body and blood of Christ, the medicine of immortality. And when we sin, we can confess and be forgiven. How much has he done? How much has he done? We can never be as grateful. I remember one time uh, I was at the monastery in Essex uh, and Father Zacharias said, I asked him a question about something I was dealing with and he said, Father, you need to be thankful. And uh, uh, I said, I, I, I am, I am. <laughs> he said, you could never thank God enough, Father Nicholas. You can never thank him enough. He's done, he's over the top what he's done for us. And he continues to forgive us even when we fall. This love God has for us is unlimited. 
we participate in this love and his forgiveness through our, for our, through our repentance. The Lord says through the prophet Zechariah, turn to me and I will turn unto you. Through Jeremiah, I will remember your sins no more. These are the, Lord, the words of God through the prophets. So in this growing of gratitude, compassion, we are called to forgive others. Acts against us that offend us, we forgive. If not, they stress our souls. You walk around with unforgiveness, it's a heavy stress on the soul. St. Paul says, Recompense no man evil for evil, overcome evil with good. In the Lord's words, condemn not, and you will not be condemned. If you give men their forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you not forgive those trespasses, your heavenly Father will not forgive you. So, St. Gregory Palamas says in this text, he says, let us first tremble at the divine sentence that we will not be forgiven unless we forgive others. Bearing in mind all that God has done for us and all that he has forgiven us. But keep in mind, beloved, that being in the image of God, we are designed to choose the good and holy way. You're designed to do that. It's a blessing. God's giving you the image. You choose the holy way. And if you don't choose it, repent and then go choose it again. Don't, don't give up on this. So um, in this context, I want to share with you something that came to me that was quite revealing. Um, and perhaps maybe you deal with this a little bit. Uh, remembering wrongs. Resentment. Holding on to resentments. So I don't like sharing this, but I think it will help you um, about myself. But one night, um, I, I woke up in the middle of the night, which is a, a habit of mine, <laughs> which my wife does not like, but it's a habit of mine. Um, and I had this heavy feeling on my heart, like, like weight. And it became very clear, the Lord that it didn't speak this, but it was like the sense you are holding on to all these resentments, Father Nicholas. Not like big, not like big things, and, and, but you're, you're, you're holding them. You're like, you're not letting them all go. And so, uh, thanks be to God for Father John Braun, I went to him and did my confession. Um, but the important thing here is that these resentments, and we all have them. I'm, I'm not talking about something we don't all go through with this. There's things in your life that have been done to you that were wrong, right? And, and we have a memory of those things. But when we hold on to that memory and chase that memory time after time, it becomes a problem, a spiritual problem. St. John of the Latter says, when we remember these sins, these resentments, it's the keeper of sin, the ruin of virtue, the poison of the soul, an estrangement of love. So my encouragement is that if you have these things, and, and the memory of the resentment will come back, I guarantee you. 
It'll show back up. Just don't chase it. No chasing the memory of a resentment. You have to be done with that. Say, I don't go there. That's not what I do. Because that, that thought will not, that first thought will not belong to you. It will belong to the tempter. He'll come and say, remember that? Remember that person? Remember that person? Remember that thing? Remember that thing? You don't chase it. You say, yes, I do remember, but I'm not chasing the thought. I, I let that go. I'm not chasing the resentments. Very powerful. Very helpful to us. So that's a little aside. Uh, but I felt because God kind of opened that door to me, maybe he'll open it to you as well. So this last, uh, this last piece is from St. Gregory Palamas on this text. This really was powerful to me, so let me share it with you. Here's his words on this text about forgiving others that have offended us. He says, the man who wrongs us causes us many benefits. <laughs> the man who wrongs us causes us many benefits. If we are willing that I regard him as a richly laden merchant ship, easily capable of paying off our debt of 10,000 talents and guaranteeing further riches. When we sin, the spiritual enemy of all Christians invisibly attacks us. The evil one attacks us. He cuts off the soul on all sides from everything it needs for salvation, surrounds it with the scarcity of virtue, crushes it with despair because of the sin and lack of good deeds, and so conquers and destroys it. When we fall to our own sins, this is our condition. Then obviously, by the providence of the Savior of sinners, someone comes along who has wronged us and needs our compassion. We've got to see this piece. Somebody wrongs us, and what do they need? Our compassion, not our judgment. St. Gregory puts this in a powerful context. Someone comes along and wrongs us, and we're caught in our sin. Someone comes along and wrongs us, and we are asked to give compassion to him. Then listen to this. And when he has received it from us, he makes all the devil's malice against us of no effect. Reconciling us with God offers us abundant supplies of mercy and salvation and gives us a promise of eternal life. Beloved, many times we don't see our own sins because we're not forgiving others. We can't see it because we're holding on to unforgiveness. When that is broken, when we have compassion on those that have offended us, the doors open to see our own sins and we can find deep repentance. This is a powerful, powerful teaching of the church. So when we are forgiving others, we're building compassion and the door of our own soul opens up. We can see more clearly when we're holding on to resentment or to a wrong against us, we cannot see our sins. 
So when we are able to do this, beloved, it's a great blessing to us. So let us put on the bowels of mercy, as St. Paul says in Colossians, by showing compassion in our words and deeds, be kind one to the other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. In this way, beloved, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit will be with us. Amen.